Hi, I'm Keely Duncan, and you are listening to the Strong and Beautiful Women podcast, where strong and beautiful women share their stories. I want you to listen, be inspired, and believe in your own strength and beauty, because I believe we are all so strong, so beautiful, and so much more. This week's episode, the last episode of this season, is with Sarah Vogler. She is someone I went to college with and have watched her um, just from afar over social media the last few years become an amazing mom. Um, In the last year and a half, her family has dealt with some serious trauma with one of her sons, and the way she has handled it and grown as a person has just been incredible, and I was so excited to talk to her more about it, Um, just talk to her about the accident, raising kids, and a host of other topics. I think you're going to be able to tell pretty quickly that Sarah is someone who loves her kids, and she loves Jesus, and she was just a wonderful guest to round out the first season, so let's jump right in. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to chat with you and just really learn more about you. I mean, we obviously knew each other just a little bit in college, and it's been, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, it's been several years since we've graduated now. No. I know. I'm feeling old. So um, I'm definitely excited to talk to you. Will you just um, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. um, I'm excited about this, too. But um, I am 28 years old. I have been married to my husband, Zach, for five years in November. We have two beautiful little boys. Adorable. Um, So adorable. Yes, I love them. They're so much fun. Um, Wyatt is going to be four August 3rd, and Eli is going to be two July 31st, um, Harry Potter's birthday. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Um. We live on a small farm. It's not huge, um, but we live on a small farm. We have two horses and a dog, um, and we are outside all the time because if I kept them inside, our house would be a disaster every single day. Well, I love that. (laughs) I think kids, you know, definitely need to get outside more these days anyway, and I love that you guys live on a farm. And you, do you have horses or is that somewhere else, not at your house? Yes, we do have horses. We have two horses at our house, and that's the only two we have. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I used to always ask for a horse growing up when I was little. I did too, and thank God my dad said yes. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed you're really into horseback riding. And so do you compete as well? Um, Not like anything huge. It's just a glorified hobby right now. Um, I do barrel racing on one of my horses, and we go probably, I just do one week in a month because we spend a lot of time with the boys, but, um, and it's just a glorified hobby. Sometimes you win money, sometimes you don't, but it's just fun. Yeah, I know. That's so fun. And I know a lot of people that I know that have horses or have like such special connections with them. Do you feel like that too? I definitely do. Um, we were not in the market for me to have a horse. Um, but Dusty found me in a barn and we went home with him the next day. Like I was not looking for a horse at all, but, oh, and he found you awesome. I loved him. Oh, that's so awesome, Sarah. Well, um, thank you for catching us up to speed and telling us a little bit about yourself. I definitely want to get better about our podcast guests giving a little bit of background so we can kind of get the whole picture here. So thank you for that. And will you just start off by telling everybody, um, you know, the major kind of thing that's happened in your life? I guess, is it like a, a year and a half ago now? Yes, it happened January 9th of 2016. 17. Yes, that's right. Okay. January 9th, 2017. Um, Wyatt, we, ha- we had two dogs, both Border Collies, one that I had had um, since he was a puppy. Um, and then the other one was actually my dog's full brother, but he had gone to another home. And then just through, through like family connections and friends, um, he came up for adoption and um, we were like, well, we have one dog. We, we'll, we'll take him in and just see how he does. And so Cooper um, came to live with our family after his previous family had just kind of decided they didn't want a big dog anymore. Um, and my friend was like, will you please take this dog? We have nobody for him. And so we took him and adopted Cooper into our lives. Um, and so it was kind of cool that we had like full brother dogs. They, they enjoyed each other when we lived on a smaller farm then. And um, they loved to kind of just run along the fence because they were border collies mm-hmm. um not vicious dogs at all yeah no my dad grew up having a border collie really sweet yeah, super sweet super sweet dogs um but and we have wonderful pictures of Wyatt with with Cooper um but one 
one snow like the dogs didn't usually come inside much just because they were outside dogs um Mm -hmm. they slept in the garage but we had a big snow that winter um and so we were bringing them into the laundry room and we had a baby gate up um and i was like super proud of myself that day i remember just being so proud of myself because i was like i've already got the dogs inside the boys are in the bath like i'm doing really really great Zach's gonna be home a little bit um winter hours zach works 12 hour 12 hour shifts because he works on um, nascar transporters and that's their off season oh wow um so he was at work super late that night and so i just remember being so proud of myself that i'd already had everything done and Zach could just come home and we could hang out um but that afternoon that evening around 6 well 6 45 i had eli who was five months at the time almost five i had him in the bathtub um, in his little like baby bath wash thing. Um, and Wyatt came running into the bathroom. He was like, mom, I guess what Lewis just gave me. And Lewis was the dog that we had had forever. Just super sweet dog. Um, and I was like, what did he give you? And he was like, he gave me kisses, mommy. He gave me kisses. And he was so excited. He was like, can I go in there and see him? Um, and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah, I can see him. It's fine. So that was something I struggled with later because I gave him permission to crawl over the baby gate. Mm -hmm. Um, he crawled over the baby gate, and um, he had, what he shared with us later, and I didn't know it at the time, but what he'd share with us later is he said, I just tried to give Cooper kisses, too. Um, and I heard this awful scream from the laundry room. And our house wasn't huge, so I, it was just a ranch-style house, and so I just ran down the hallway um, through the kitchen into the laundry room, and I just saw Wyatt kind of cowered on the floor. Both dogs were leaving him at the time, so I didn't really know that. Um, and I didn't know that anything was wrong and I didn't know that either of them had like bit him at the time. They were just both walking away. Mm -hmm. So I picked Wyatt up, I took him over the baby gate and I set him over the, on the counter and I started scanning his face. I started at the top and I got to, there's, there was a big gash on his forehead and I was like, Oh crap, we're going to have to go to the emergency room. Um, because that's a really big gash. And I just kept scanning down his face. And when I got to his nose, it was no longer, Oh crap. It was, Oh, something else. Uh Um, and I was like, oh my God, his nose is gone. Yeah. Um, and so I just remember being like, holy cow, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so at that moment, I was just trying to get Wyatt to calm down. Eli was still in the bathtub. Don't right. recommend leaving your kid in, in the water, but he was set <laughs> up. But like when Wyatt screamed, I just ran in there. So I had to right. get Wyatt back into the bathroom and get Eli out of the tub. And meanwhile, the face and nose and head just bleed a lot. So there is blood all over the yeah, house. Yeah, I so I, I just, I got Wyatt on the counter in the bathroom after carried him from the kitchen, got Eli out of the bathtub and got him dried off and dressed. And I just told Wyatt, I was like, just sit on the counter, bud. Just hold, just hold a rag over your face. You'll be okay. Um, and I didn't really have time to like panic or be upset or be sad in that moment. Like you just kind of hit a go moment mm-hmm. and I was like, you just kind of go. Um, so I started, I called Nana first cause I knew somebody had to stay with Eli. So I called Nana first and then I called Zach and by that time it was about seven o'clock and said so he was already washing up from work and he didn't, he usually showers at work cause they're just gross, um, yeah. after working in Greece, but, um, he just came straight home and I warned both Zach and Nana before they even got to the house. I was like, it's bad, but I need you to be okay for Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the only thing that they got. Um, and they got to the house and both of them walked in, they get, they gasped a little bit, but they, they did, they do really well, both of them. And so they walked in and, um, we got a bag together for Wyatt and then we left for the hospital. Um, we, I, I I forgot. I also called Nana's kind of like an anxious person anyway. She keeps our kids and she's wonderful, but she can get kind of riled up and nervous so I'd also called Zach's aunt to come and be with Nana mm-hmm. um, I knew Eli would be the most comfortable with Nana but I knew that Nana needed her she daughter needed support there to help too. Her. Yeah. yeah she needed support too so we had like a whole village immediately mm-hmm. walking to our house for Eli and then also walking to the hospital for us so um on the way to the hospital I just reached out to like my mentor and faith um Johnny Pilcher and I was just like hey, this accident happened, um, I'm going to need you, and I'm going to need you to pray for us. Um, could you meet us at the hospital? And her and her husband, Jonathan, are kind of like our, she's my mentor, and Jonathan has mentored Zach a lot. And so just like for relationship and marriage, um, they're just life stages ahead of us. Yeah. And so they are super supportive, and they both came to the hospital to be with us. Um, we also have a great connect group 
um, a family, a fam- like not a family that we do life with, but we're all families that do life together. And so I also reached out to my connect group um, and my pastor's wife came to the hospital too. That's awesome. Um, that Yeah. So we just have like some really amazing friends around us. And Zach's mom actually works at the hospital that we were going to. So I called her on the way and so that they would know to come to my, so that they would know to come to the hospital. And she also called the ER um, where she works and let them know that we were coming. So when we got to the hospital, like we were able to go straight back. It wasn't wow. like waiting game. It wasn't, there were no roadblocks. Yeah, um, so nice. just, yeah we, God was over the entire situation. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back at it now, like it's just evident that we, everything that could be made simple was made simple by the grace of God. Like there was just no way it should have been that easy. Right. Um, and my dad, so like the dogs, they're still in the laundry room at this point. So I had called my dad and my brother to actually come get them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they took, um, they took the dogs. Um, so that way we wouldn't have to get home and deal with that situation. Because yeah. at the time I didn't know what dog had done it. Um, and I knew that if we, waited to do anything with the dogs either we we wouldn't be able to put them down successfully or why it would be scared it just wasn't going to be a good situation so we went ahead and had them taken and that was probably one of the hardest parts of it all because like our son was hurt yes but we were losing family because i mean if you if you've had a dog absolutely you know that like they're really special um but when it's that series of an injury you know that's a tough choice to make but Obviously, it was a hard choice to make, but we could have never lived with ourselves letting somebody adopt Cooper with the thought that that could happen again. Right. Um, So they were both um, put down without, like, in a humane way. But Wyatt thinks that they just went to a safe place. So we didn't really tell him that. um, But later on, we'll probably tell him. But the little two-year-old didn't need to know that. Yeah. Well, Um, that's so hard. Anyway. Yeah. But um, that was kind of how our whole adventure began. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of in like in the, they took him for surgery immediately that night and we've had the same surgeon from the very beginning That's uh, nice. yeah he came in so he, they were sending pictures to our surgeon who was at home asleep and they woke him up and he was like I'm gonna go ahead and come in for this because this oh, is gonna wow. be a pretty important and significant case um, let me just go ahead and come in and so he came in that day and originally they weren't going to do a first surgery the night of the accident but because he was just so willing to um, jump right in and take care of our boy he came in and they were able to save more than they originally thought they would be able to and they were able to um, kind of go ahead and lay the foundation for what is now going to start taking place in July this year Um, so our surgeon has just been phenomenal and a godsend too Um, but we I can't remember, like, there were different times within the night that, like, somebody would break down, but nobody was ever broken or crying or upset in front of Wyatt. Like, that was just very Mm -hmm. important, Zach and I, that anyone that dealt with Wyatt, anyone that was in the midst of Wyatt had to be ready, had to be prepared, and had to just be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we have this very strong mentality. It's not about us right now. It's about Wyatt. And we, we watched Netflix, we played, we ate ice cream. He had every nurse wrapped around his little finger. Um, it was, I mean, it was, we made the most of what we had and it was a, it was a decent night in the ER. <laughs> yeah. As decent it can be then. Yeah. Making the most out of it. Yeah. We were making the most out of it. Um, and then if somebody needed to break down or cry, they just went out into the waiting room and cried and we prayed and then we would go back in. Wow. That is so strong of you guys. I know that had to be so hard, but I guess, you know, when it's, you're doing it for Wyatt, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. And I, the one thing I've kind of said um, to anybody asked, like, how were you able to do this? You cannot prepare for a um, tragedy or a setback in the midst of a tragedy. Like you have to prepare, like when you think nothing's wrong, when you think nothing's happening, like you have to be ready for a battle at any given time and so I think that that was kind of the biggest saving grace to Zach and I like we have been involved in our church we've been serving with our church we have been praying together we had gone to Israel together we were making sure that God was at the center of our lives in every aspect of our lives um, and we have built up that community and had we have not had that it would have been really late right. on the way to the hospital to say okay God now I need you I'm going to put in a favor mm-hmm. um, like yeah, that's such an this. important p- or 
important point to make that really it starts so much before and you have to have a good strong foundation of of faith and trust and and knowing that God really is going to fulfill promises and be right there for you so that in the midst of something like that that he'll be there yes your preparation starts before you even know you need to prepare Mm -hmm. um and I think that that was just a huge um I I guess advantage to Zach and I going through the whole process yeah definitely definitely and so tell me just from like a medical standpoint it's his nose and so breathing wise can he breathe okay yes so um there again there was just so much good that came out of it so none Mm. of Wyatt's nasal functioning was inhibited at all um the actual like bone part of your nose the upper area of your nose was never um damaged in in, in any way and neither was the internal tissue so the only thing that he's missing is the very tip of his nose Um, and one side is the hole is just a little bit larger than the other side Um, and when we were asking our doctor like what is his nose kind of going to look like what do we need to prepare for he said it's going to look like his nose is turned up Um, and it doesn't yeah and it doesn't really look like that I like to say he looks kind of like Voldemort, that there's little slits in his nose. <laughs> um, um, but one slit is just a little bit larger. So it's it's completely just the tip of his nose. He didn't, they were concerned that he might have some allergies and um, some excess um, asthma or breathing issues just because the nasal hairs kind of filter and clean in, clean out the things that you're breathing in. But he really didn't have anything because he still had the internal lining that was filtering out. So medically oh. speaking, there's nothing wrong with him. It's all cosmetic. Oh, that's so cool. That's incredible. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it really was. And it completely missed his eyes. So when Cooper bit down, he got he started at the very top of it. So the top of his jaw went down, went down Wyatt's forehead and onto his nose where the jaw met. So Wyatt had a tiny nick in between his eyes his nose and a big gash on his forehead. But other than that, his eyes were completely untouched. And that's something that's not as easily replaced if it is replaceable. Um, So we were just praising God that his eyes were left unharmed. And the scar on his forehead, as Wyatt matures, your forehead kind of extends into your hairline. So Mm -hmm. the big scar that's on his forehead, honestly, is not going to be seen by the time he's 10 or 11 years old. Yeah, that's incredible. That's really cool. Um, one thing that you guys did shortly after the accident was you guys got another dog. Why was that important to you? Um, Wyatt, so Zach and I grew up with dogs. Um, mm-hmm. We both had dogs. We both loved them. We're both just, we were both kind of raised on small farms. Um, just we knew that that bond with an animal was something that you couldn't, you couldn't mimic or replace. And so Wyatt was already starting to show a little bit of fear around dogs. Um, he would see my dogs that he had always seen and he would be okay and he would see Zach's parents' dogs and he would be okay, but he wasn't comfortable and we didn't like that. So we, I mean, it's kind of anybody can have an opinion on it, but we jumped right in and we're like, we got to get a dog now. Yeah. Um, and we did. We, um, what, I don't remember exact, the exact date that Moose came home, um, but it was, probably January 19th. It was only about two weeks after the accident. Mm-hmm. Um, we did take Wyatt to see a group of puppies before bringing them home. Like we took him to biz- visit the breed. Our vet played a huge role in um, suggesting a female or a male and what breed we, were, we would get. And they said a golden doodle. Um, so we got a golden doodle and we got a female. Um, Wyatt, when we first went out and picked out the puppy, um, he was like, yeah, I think I want one. So he was already being pretty brave. And then we went home and he was like, I don't want one mama. Um, so I brought her home and, um, kind of shocked him and it was very hard. I remember crying to Zach the the night that we brought her home. Like, I think I've made a huge mistake. Like he's gonna, he hates her. It's never going to work out. Like, what if she, what if he makes her mean because he doesn't love her? Like fear was just really taking up a play and I was like no we're not gonna do that like nighttime hours are just awful so I was like I'm just gonna go to sleep it's gonna be fine in the morning and lo and behold the next day it slowly started getting better within a week he was napping with her they were sleeping together and we don't know how we got such like I I did little puppy tests that my vet told me to do to see like the best temperament and 
I don't know, maybe those puppy tests were accurate because she yeah. has been the most easygoing, laid back dog. Um, never like she's phenomenal. She sleeps with Wyatt. She goes, she takes Wyatt to school. Uh, so she rides with us everywhere in the car. Um, we have not made gone through the process of officially paying for her certification for a therapy dog, but she has the vest and we can take her places. We just haven't paid the money to like get her licensure. Uh, yeah. But she's done the test and she's just, she's been a really great thing. And so it was kind of, we, we had to take his biggest fear um, and make it his best friend. Um, yeah. And luckily, it's, it's worked out wonderfully. And he's not scared of any dogs now. So I get really excited. Like if he goes up to one, he'll, he'll ask an owner if he can pet the dog, of course. But um, mm-hmm. he's never shown any type of fear towards a dog um, wow. since the accident. That's incredible. After, he did right before Moose. But now after we have Moose, he, he doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, well, he seems like such a cute and sweet dog, but I'm I'm just think that's awesome that you guys did that because I think even as even having dogs your whole life after something like that, it would be really easy to kind of back up and be like, okay, like whoa, what you know, what if this happens yeah. again? What if, what if, you know? But and that's yeah. incredible. We couldn't live in the what if stage because right. if we stayed in the what if stage, I would I would still be playing games today. Like, what if I had just not had Eli in the bathtub? What if I had just left the dogs outside? Uh-huh. Like, what if can plague your every minute if you let it? Mm-hmm. Um, so we just we I had to throw that out really quickly. Yeah, I know for sure they definitely can, and that's just like my warrior personality for sure. That I'm like, oh no, but I think it's really cool that you guys did that. When you go out in public, has it been like, you know, have you encountered any people getting like funny looks or has everybody been in general like really lovely to you guys? And does he worry about it? Is he old enough to kind of know? So um, I, in the beginning, it was pretty tough. Yeah. Um, he would get looks, he would get stares, he would get comments, and we just had to talk with him through it and um, help give him the tools to say. And we had, Zach and I had to get really good at monitoring our reactions to those people as well, because how we reacted was going to be how Wyatt reacted. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it really ticked me off, I had to just kind of bent, grin and bear it. And then Ooh, later, that'd like, be hard. it was hard. Um, so I did a lot of prayer. Um, Zach and Wyatt and I would pray in the car before going into Walmart or we would, um, pray, um, like on our way to Walmart and we would just kind of ask God to like watch over us and make sure that nobody, like if anybody needed to say something to us, that they would say it in a nice way and give us the strength to say something nice back. Um, Mm -hmm. and so Wyatt is excellent at describing his accident and he's excellent at sharing with you what happened and saying, but I'm okay. You don't have to worry. Um, So he says that all the time. Um, the first, like I I did a post about it. There was a time that a little boy, um, pointed it out and said, mama, his nose is messed up. And Wyatt just like got horrified and it wasn't that the little boy said anything. It was that then the adult said, no, honey, it's not. And then when she looked at Wyatt, she then said, yeah, you're right. His nose is messed oh, up. Oh, my gosh. That just... So that was really hard. And I I remember <sighs> thinking, like, I got really mad that time. And yeah. I, I, I did a post about it. And I wasn't able to pray for that person while we were leaving Walmart. And I was, <laughs> yeah. I was so mad at myself. But the next, we, we go to Walmart every single day. It's a problem. Um, <laughs> but the next day. Wyatt and I were able to pray for them and just kind of say that it, we were thankful that they said something to us because it helped us be stronger and holding our tongue. Um, so there's just been like learning opportunities along the whole path that um, have given Zach and I a chance to not only develop Wyatt, but develop ourselves as well. Yeah, that is just even that even a day later, being able to pray for somebody that said something like that about like your child I think that's impressive so that's just really awesome um and do you teach him you know about the importance of inner beauty as well is that something you guys talk about yes um Wyatt we started by saying Wyatt what makes me beautiful and he would say Jesus and that we just started with something super basic um that was on his level that was easy for him to understand and was easy for us to remember so that way we would always say the same thing um, and yeah. so Wyatt just, if you ask him, what makes you beautiful, Wyatt? He just says, Jesus, Jesus makes me beautiful. Aww. Um, and that's, 
and we, like I said, we have just a great church family around us. And so they, the church was like teaching the kids too, like why it's going to be coming back. Um, he does like, they would kind of prep the kids and why it's class at school and at, um, pre, uh, at preschool and at church that he looked different, but he's okay. So that his classmates kind of would just play with Wyatt like normal and not mm-hmm. say anything. And because we prepped the kids on the forefront and like had adult conversations with them on their level, they were all super appropriate and just very nice. So we've had some adversity and some like negativeness, but on the opposite is that opposite of that. We live in a small supportive community. We've had most, we've had 20 people to one person being negative. We've had 20 people saying something positive and supportive and uplifting. So we've been able to teach Wyatt that inner beauty is about your character and about how you treat others and about that Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm. That's just really great. And um, I know you say a lot of positive things about your church. What church is it that you go to? You're in North Carolina, right? Yes. um, We go to Rescue House. Um, It's a just a non-denominational church that's kind of, I, I don't know how, how exactly you would describe, but it's well, it just more sounds modern. like a loving community of people. It's, it's a super loving community. Awesome. Um, we just have the, the, this philosophy that everyone brings something to the table. Like we are just all, we all have a role to play. And mm-hmm. um, it is a super welcoming community. It's a super awesome community. Um, and we all build one another up. And um, the thing I love most about my church is it holds us accountable. Like it's not coming in and filling in a seat on Sunday. It's what are you doing like for your next step? Like there's always a next step that you can take to get closer to Jesus. Are you reading your Bible every day? Are you in a connect group? Have you been baptized? Like there's always something that you can do to ensure that you're not only um, growing in your walk, but you're um, like you're living a life that others can see, oh, something's different about me because that's just the biggest testimony. Um, is when others can notice, yeah, something's different. So I think you never want to feel like you've arrived or like I'm, I'm the best I can be. Like you always want to constantly be growing. So that's cool that you push and challenge each other. And I, I will say like, we've, we've gotten to this point that I'm at now through almost a year and a half of growth and development. Like when this accident happened, like we had to grow quickly, but I was not where I am now right when the accident happened like this has just been an ongoing process that um has has been hard at times but it's i i couldn't imagine my life without it now yeah and in that process you wrote about being thankful for the accident and why did you feel like it was important to get to a place of gratitude about it and um yeah just how do you get to that place of being thankful for something that you know was so hard um, it, I had to be thankful for it to, to be, just be able to find the beauty in it and to, um, kind of thrive in our life where we are right now. Um, there's traumatic things that happen to people at all times, but if God can use it for the glory of his kingdom and he can bring one family closer to him, like then cosmetic surgery is nothing to, to stand in the way of that. Like why it's going to be fine. So moving to a place of being thankful for the accident was just another way that I can say, devil, you're not going to, you're not going to beat our family here. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's, there's just no way that with a love like Christ that you can be upset, that you can be sad or that you can find things to, to be ungrateful for. I, I feel like when you're ungrateful to God that you're complaining about what he has given you. Um, and so like Wyatt is with us and he is happy and he is loving. And so like this accident has just been a way for us to kind of refocus what's important in our lives and what's important in our home. And I don't know that our house would be as God centered and as um, open and honest about just discussing God and his word and Jesus's love for us if this accident wouldn't have happened. Um, So I am thankful for it. I'm thankful for for where it put our family. I'm thankful for it, it allowing us the opportunity to see how many people cared about us through our community. Um, And just like Wyatt, he's never even noticed that his nose is different. Like he's just an amazing little boy. So I'm, if I'm not grateful for it, then I 
still like live in a place where I'm blaming myself. Um, and if I'm living in that victim mentality, then I'm not really growing and I'm not really helping other people. Mm, that's a great point. Definitely. For sure. Um, he's got some upcoming surgeries and you mentioned in like the next month or so kind of tell us what he's going to be going through and how you felt on that day that you heard about exactly what you talked about not being happy. Yes, I was not happy. And it, and that was a selfish thing for me not to be happy. And Zach like pointed that out to me really quickly, probably too quickly, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so we were leaving the surgeon's office and um, we hadn't been given a date at that time, but it was just, we were just told somewhere in the middle of, in the middle of the summer. And I work for the school system. So like, I don't know, summers are a big deal to me because I don't like time off, like, we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it was about me at that moment. Right. <laughs> so I was like, we're going to sleep in. Um, and so I quickly was able to um, kind of regress. Like I said, I haven't always been this positive. Um, <sighs> and so I was upset. And I, and I think it was appropriate for me to just kind of mourn a little bit that I wasn't going to be able to have the, sum- like the perfect summer that everybody dreams about. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be able to have that. But it was okay that I was unhappy. Like, God knew that I was going to be unhappy about it. Um, and he wasn't upset with me for um, for being unhappy about it. Um, but his surgery is going to be July 10th. Um, and kind of what that looks like is he will have a skin graft from the, and it won't be the exact center of his forehead, but it'll kind of be off to one side a little bit. And that flap of skin, it sounds like science fiction to me, but they'll take the skin graft from the flap of skin at his forehead and tie it to his nose. Um, they'll kind of open up the wound at his nose and they'll put the, the skin attached to his nose and there will be a, a, a fresh piece of flesh, literally, hanging, connecting his forehead to his nose. The skin will reattach at his nose and fill in the hole. They're going to also take cartilage from his ears and build the tip of his nose back up. That's incredible that people can even do that. I'm like, how? It's it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. But that skin, that like fresh piece of skin will be attached in two places, kind of lifted off of it. You can Google pictures, but I kind of don't encourage that because it's (laughs) horrifying. Um, But um, it's that that piece of skin will be attached at the forehead and at the nose for four weeks. Okay. And anyone who knows Wyatt knows that he's super rambunctious. Everyone asks me if he's ADHD all the time. And I'm like, no, he's three. Back off. Um, <laughs> right. He's just, he's got a lot of energy, but he can listen. Um, but he's just super rambunctious. He loves to be outside. He loves to shoot his BB gun. He loves to do flips on the trampoline and jump off the pool. Like, yeah. everyone who knows him is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You have to tie him down with a rope and a lasso and put a bubble around him. Yeah. And they're kind of right. Um, the doctor told me that we're going to be doing a lot of movies. Um, so, like, yeah. <laughs> I mourned for my night. And then the next day I was like, how am I going to make this, like, camp awesome for the summer? So we're going to do, like, different f- fun things each week. He can be outside. He just can't be outside, like, in the sun too much because you can't burn the piece of flesh right. that's in places. Um, so we're going to, like, get my, my dad's going to bring his tractor over. So they're going to bush hog cause he can be sitting in the tractor and then they're going to dig out the pond. So we've got like really fun things planned for his summer. Um, and we're going to do Christmas in July cause that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I mourned that night cause I was like, he's not going to be able to go to the pool. And then the next day I was like, we can go to the pool now. It's okay. We don't have to wait. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was just, I, I had my little pity party, and then I was like, all right, how am I going to make this fun for everybody? And um, I just remembered that I have to take that positive mentality. And um, I know that you had asked in your questions that you had sent me of, like, how, like, I wasn't happy in the moment, but I still had joy in the moment. Yes. What are the um, differences in those two, do you think? So for me, um, happiness is, is it's just an emotion. Like, it's a fleeting emotion. Our emotions are so finical, finicky and just kind of fleeting Mm -hmm. but so like happiness is situational like your your co-workers bring donuts that makes you happy Mm -hmm. um your husband for remember to take out the trash like that makes you happy like it's kind of situational my summer being taken away well it's not really taken it's only a couple weeks but um my summer being taken it was made me sad so I was Mm -hmm. unhappy but joy 
I feel is not really so much of an emotion, but is more of a characteristic and kind of more fundamental to like who you are as a person. Like there's a prayer that I learned several years ago, probably six years ago, that is, um, there's a line in it that says, your presence and approval are all I need for everlasting joy. Mm -hmm. And so if Zach and I are living our lives where like, we're like in communion with Christ and like we're talking to him and we're praying and um, we're praying as a family, we're praying as a, a couple, um, we're doing the things that keep us in a relationship with Christ and we're doing things that are in his approval. We're making it to church. We're raising our family in a godly home. We're conducting ourselves at work in a godly manner. We're not complaining on social media, like little things that we're doing that gains Christ's approval of us. Like we don't have to have it. Like he, he bled his sins for, for us. Like he died for us. We don't have to have his approval, but it just, it, it makes you a better person. So like we're living in that way, like my joy can't be taken mm -hmm. um, because Christ is my joy. And that's like the Bible is adamant, like even the fires of hell cannot separate us from the love of Christ. And so if that's what my joy is rooted in, that's a fundamental characteristic of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so like that's why like that you see those people who are just kind of always like buoyant and happy, like that's joy. That's not yeah. so much happy. And so, like, that's what I think are the differences between happiness and joy. Joy is, like, who you are, and happiness is something that just happens with, within the day. Like, Yeah, it's situational. Yeah, situational, exactly. That's something that I wanted to ask because recently um, in a class at our church, we are talking about pursuing joy, and um, I never realized, which it's so simple, but happiness and happenstance have the same, like, root word. It's hap. Yeah. And that it just means like situational. And so happiness is, you know, happenstance. It's, situ it's just like from time to time. But yeah, joy is something that's rooted. And that's just like, I was like, oh, it's like those things that you see that, have you seen those like memes where they're like, I was today years old when I figured out like this was this. Yes. And I'm like, oh, okay, like duh, happy and happenstance have the same. But I just never made the connection. It makes so much sense when you, yeah. like, when somebody points it out to you, but you would have never noticed on your own. I wouldn't have either. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But yeah. Um, and we kind of talked about mourning the summer and stuff, but you're right. Like you do have time right now before the surgery to go and play in the pool and stuff. And, um, yeah, kind of piggybacking off having that positive attitude. You wrote a post, um, a little bit ago about, uh, forgiveness and, and, being able to forgive people and when you hold on to things and you're not forgiving, it can make you so bitter. Um, where did that come from? Like, was that just something that was heavy on your heart? Um, so we had had um, a sermon at church that, um, that Sunday. And then the next Monday I left for Kitty Hawk for a trip for work. And I remember just thinking like, like, that post that the sermon was just sitting with me and I was, cause it, it was talking about bitterness and just kind of moving on. Like you've got to forgive to work out that bitterness. And I was just thinking, but forgiveness is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so like, we're kind of taught just forgive. And like, that's what you hear, but there's like no steps in place to work out that forgiveness. And I was like, well, what have my steps looked like? Um, because I had a, like, just a hard time not being the victim like I just like through high school and in college like I was really good at like making it about me mm -hmm. um and being the victim and so when I kind of was baptized and like realized what the relationship with Christ was like and was able to kind of look back at myself and realize um hey I've made some mistakes and this this scripture just stuck out to me so much and it's something that I constantly refer back to and it's just Matthew 5 24 like it, it literally says leave your sacrifice at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your sacrifice to God like God doesn't even want you worshiping him if you've mm. got something if you've got beef with somebody yeah. and that that's so hard on me like if like if God doesn't want me worshiping him then my worship is in vain like I never want my worship to be in vain yeah. what am I going to do about that um and so like, I went through a long process of all right, well, when I get mad, what is that about? Like, what is, what am I really mad about? Who, who am I mad at? What am I mad at them for? Did they even do anything to me? Mm -hmm. um, and so it was kind of just really doing a lot of um, reflecting and kind of just some self-awareness of my, my perceived emotions and then how I was able to 
forgive because I see so many people today who, um, and even in my church, and who want to forgive, but they just don't know how. Yeah. Um, and like what what I have learned that forgiveness is an ongoing, never-ending, daily thing. Yeah, something um, you have to keep revisiting. Yes, it's something you have to keep revisiting um, because if you forgive your mother-in-law because she just brought the absolute wrong Christmas present or um, she told your son that she could spend the night, he could spend the night with her, but you already told him that he couldn't. Like if you have, if you're mad at her for something that she did a year ago, then that one inc- incident that isn't that big is going to blow up and cause monumental harm mm-hmm. when really it's just a small incident. So you, forgiveness has to be ongoing so that those things don't arise. And so like, that the devil's not able to weasel his way back in to what you thought was a, a resolved issue. Yeah. Um, Something so, I heard recently was that if you are too busy, like say you're driving, it's like driving a car. If you're too busy looking in the rear view mirror, you are mowing down every person and every opportunity that's in front of you because you're too busy yeah. looking in the rear yeah. view mirror. And me and my husband looked at each other like, that's pretty good. I like that. It is good. Um, yeah, you've got to look you've got to look ahead. You can't keep holding on to all of that baggage and you can't keep looking back in the rearview mirror because it's not bothering them. No, it's doing um, you way more harm than it's doing them. Yes. Um, our pastor said, said it like this when he was teaching us on forgiveness and bitterness, like being angry at someone is like you w- drinking the poison and wa- waiting on them to die. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, and it's just so true. But, um, and so that I wrote that post just cause it was heavy on my heart that like, yeah, a lot of people want to forgive, but they really just don't know how. Um, and I don't think that my post is like like a novel and an answer to like how to forgive, but I thought it was just kind of like, these are some basic steps that were helpful to me. Maybe they'll be helpful to one other person. And yeah. then it's worth It was definitely well written though. And I know people have like talked about <laughs> how you should start a blog. I've seen people comment on your stuff that you should, and I'm not going to disagree there, but that's up to you. Um, thanks. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, it's, it's all good. Um, so clearly you're just like killing it being a mom. It seems like you, you're like teaching your kids valuable lessons. Is there any specific advice for young moms that, um, or moms of young kids, I should say that you feel like was really valuable that you have, or that's been given to you? Um, oh gosh, so many things, but so you said I'm killing it. Like I, I was, pro- I was two hours before this. I was chasing my dog down who had been missing for like two hours. So like I'm not always killing it. Some days nobody is. <laughs> some days I'm doing great, and then other days I have chips and salsa for dinner mm-hmm. and not anything else. Like there's there's Look, some days that aren't as great. That sounds or good to I, me. Yeah. Or I scream at my kids, and then I look at that and I'm like, oh my god, I just really ruined that moment. Um. So I, I would say for new moms, just kind of like as an encouragement no one has it all together. Like we're all in process. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to figure it out. And if you're just waking up trying to be better than you were yesterday, you are doing great. Um, you don't want to have some monumental goal that's just unachievable, but if you're just doing one thing that makes you a little bit better than you were the day before, you're on the right track and you're just doing an amazing job. Being a mom is so hard and there's a million manuals out there and probably only three of them have some good advice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you're just trying to love your kid with all that you have and like forgiving yourself when you screw up because you're going to screw up. Like I screw up all the time with my kids, yeah. but they're still loved and fed. Like they make mm-hmm. it. Um, They might not brush their teeth for a week, but mm-hmm. I'm working on it. Like, see, I'm not like, crushing it all the time <laughs> but I'm trying and I think that that's just like the biggest thing that I can tell a new mom or a mom who is just feeling like she just needs to cry on the floor for five minutes cry get up and then go play with your kids um because it's it's not easy but I feel like you're comparing yourself to the social media moms or you're comparing yourselves to the celebrity moms like you're you're not gonna feel that joy or that happiness that you're looking for. But if you're just trying to do a little bit better than you did the day before, you're going to be awesome. Yeah, that's a great point. And I know you said something about, 
you were talking to your kids and saying, I think you had posted that you were telling them you're sorry and you're walking to your mailbox and you feel like the Lord gave you this phrase, Lord, I want to be a testament of why belonging to you is of importance and not a hindrance to my children's desire to belong to you. What did that just kind of like, you know, pop in your head? Like, I'm just so interested to see, like, do you feel like, cause I feel like, you know, some people say, Oh, God speaks to me in dreams. Or some people say like, for me, I feel like I see like certain phrases in my head or is it something you were just like praying about and felt like he was telling you? Um, so I get kind of similar to you. Like I see things that just kind of pop in my head and I have to put them down on paper really fast or mm-hmm. I'll forget them, yeah. um, which is why I have so many things that I write so often because I have to put it down. Um, but it's, it's always words or like phrases that I don't want to say that God spoke into me. Um, I mean, probably, but I was just like in my, in my humblest moments when I'm just really, um, low and not really low, but just when I'm really like, Oh, what could I have done better? That's when God speaks to me the most. When I'm exuding the most humility, that's when I feel like Christ is like, okay, now I've got your attention. Listen to what I have to say. This is what you need to do. Um, Well, then, you know, there's that verse for when I'm weak, you know, you're strong. So I I think that's when he works the most. Absolutely. And so, like, I was just, like, thinking, like, I don't want to be, like, that mom who's, like, forcing your kids to go to church. And they're like, well, mom, it doesn't help you at all. You're so angry and cranky all the time. Like, I could just see 13 years down the road, Mm -hmm. like, them telling me that. And I'm like, man, I do not want that to happen. Like, I do not want them to think that I'm a Christian, but it's not really impacting who I am as a mom Mm -hmm. or a person. And so it was just really important for me to, like, reflect, admit to my kids that I was, like, it was wrong of mommy to get mad um, and say, like, mommy's mommy's sorry um and they just they're like okay like they didn't even care it was a big deal to me but they didn't even care and so (laughs) but like I do I pray for that daily that I'm like that I am able to live life in a way that they realize it's important to have that relationship with God I never want them to think that um I fail so much that God doesn't help or that I'm strong on my own that I, that they don't need God because they're going to mm-hmm. base their relationship on with Jesus and with God based off of how me and my husband are with Jesus and God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it's so important for us to, to have those open conversations with them now that mommy and daddy make mistakes, but it's not Jesus's fault. It's because we haven't been talking to Jesus enough or um, yeah. it's because or we're we human and there's sin yeah. in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think that that's just so important because I know so many Christians now um, that kind of be- like belong to the faith, but they belong in spite of their parents mm-hmm. instead of because of their parents. Yeah. And I'm, and I don't want that to be why Anila's story. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. What's your favorite part about being why Anila's mom? Oh my God, everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have so much fun. Um, my favorite part, they are so excited when I get home from work. Like yeah. they just run to the car and they are, they, they genuinely love spending time with me and I love spending time with them. And it is just so nice that they, they, they just want to be with me, but they don't necessarily need me all the time. Like I love that they'll just kind of go out and do their own thing and they'll play in the backyard and they don't need me because that's, that's kind of like my, my ultimate goal is that they don't need me. Um, but I yeah. just love that they want to be around me. They want mom to watch their cool tricks and they want mom to read them stories and they want mom to pull out the couch bed in the middle of the week and watch a movie on it. Like, Aww. I just love that we, um, Zach and I are pretty, like, we don't say no to Wyatt and Eli as much as we should probably, but if they're, <laughs> we always ask ourselves and to kind of filter out this question, like, if we're only saying no because we don't want to, is there a way that we can say yes? Uh, um, yeah, that's a good one. So that way, like, if we're saying no just because we're too lazy to, like, change them into their bathing suit so that they can run around through the sprinkler, like, we just need to not be lazy. And so, like, we try to, like, make each moment fun in some way. We do have downtime because that's important. But 
Um, I just love that we want to be together as a family. Like I enjoy going home every single day. Like it doesn't, I don't have to wait for the weekend or I don't have to wait for a vacation to enjoy my family. Like I enjoy them every single day. Mm, That's a good point. And something we should all strive to, to do and not wait till, till we have those breaks and moments. Okay. The last two questions I ask everyone, um, tell me first, what is strength to you? What is strong? I think being strong is being able to be weak. Like if you're strong enough to admit that you need help and you're strong Mm -hmm. enough to admit that you don't have it all together, that's pure, that's true strength. Like if you're strong enough to be humbled, that's strength Mm -hmm. to me. Um, For sure. And then tell me what is beautiful? Where do you see beauty? What do you find beautiful? I see beauty everywhere. Um, from the sweet old lady walking to her mailbox and checking her mail because it's her daily outing. Like, I see beauty in that. I see beauty everywhere because oh, yeah. it's just fun to find. Like, I love just watching people and seeing what they're excited about or seeing what they're joyful about. But um, I see beauty everywhere. And I think that that's because I have that rooted foundation that Christ is my joy. Mm-hmm. And I like the happenstance of me being happy occurs so much more often because I'm always rooted in joy. Um, And so like beauty is just all around me. And I think as a follower of Christ, we're able to see the beauty of the world and see the beauty in others easier um, because we have that ultimate, we, we strive for that perspective of how Christ sees others. And you've never looked into the eyes of another person that Christ does not love unconditionally. Yeah. Um, And so like, it's just, have it trying to praying to have Christ view and perspective of the world helps me find beauty in everything. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. I feel like that, um, just like flew by <laughs> to me cause we just <laughs> talked right through that hour and I, yeah, I'm just so grateful for you, uh, coming on and, um, I definitely am going to keep you guys in our, in my prayers as... Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, as you know, Wyatt gets um, going on his surgeries, and I can't wait to see, um, you know, just like what God does through that time. I think it's going to be awesome. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'm, it's a privilege that you asked me to do this. I feel so... I'm humbled by it. Thank you. Thank you to Sarah for coming on and sharing your family story, parenting advice, and just your joy and talking about joy. If you guys want to see more of Sarah and her family, she is at sfvogler25 on Instagram, and I'll link that below as well. I want to thank you all again for a wonderful first season, and I'll be back in the fall with season two. If you know a strong and beautiful woman and you would like to hear her on the podcast, please uh, direct message me on Instagram or Twitter or send me an email at contact at keelyduncan.com or fill out the contact form on the website. Um, just so many options to get in touch guys. So I'm making it really easy for you. I'm so excited for the next season. I look forward to all that is to come here and it has truly been so much fun for me and I love getting to do it for you all. I want you to remember you are strong, beautiful, and so much more this summer. 